0: Hour number two, if you're listening to the podcast. Well, I guess even if you're listening on the radio, this would be hour number two. Yeah, true enough. All right. News talk 1110 ninety-nine three WBT seven oh four five seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. Uh listening uh today on uh Good Morning WBT or sorry, good morning BT. I will get it right at some point. I promise. <laughs> Look, it's amazing that I don't give out other radio station call letters. You know, that's the that's always my biggest fear. Or I give out uh, the wrong phone numbers. <laughs> always it's biggest fear. Um, so this morning, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, they interviewed uh, former congressman, current Senate candidate Mark Walker. And they talked about this statement that Walker put out about uh, how he was offered. Uh, a deal to get out of the race if he endorsed Ted Budd and here's that interview
1: and we go directly to the WBT hotline and say good morning to former congressman and now U.S. Senate candidate Mark Walker welcome back to the show
2: oh thanks it's always good to be back
1: thank you uh, so much and uh, can I read a statement that you released yesterday can we start with that
2: Absolutely. Whatever yeah. you'd
1: like. Yeah, yeah, I think you know where I'm going here. So I'm going to read this from the uh, Mark Walker campaign yesterday. We are grateful for all the encouraging calls and messages from voters across the state after Saturday's rally. The past week I was offered several deals to get out of the U.S. Senate race with the condition I would be a surprise guest at Saturday's rally to appear on stage and to endorse Mr. Budd as the best candidate in the race. If I accepted the terms, I would be, quote, praised, unquote, by a couple of the speakers for being a, quote, great conservative, unquote. I didn't play this game in D.C., and I won't do it now. I refused their offer. So, wow. I mean, now, now the, the Bud campaign released a, a, a statement uh, in in response to it saying that uh, that was not the case. But this is an interesting development here. Uh, so I just want to get your further elaboration on uh, what you said happened here, uh, Congressman. Congressman.
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, quickly, let me take the last part of that, the, the Bud's release statement. They they don't make any of the decisions for their campaign or for Mr. Bud, so uh, so I don't really put a lot of stock in that. Uh, yes, this happened throughout the week. The final offer came Wednesday of last week. Uh, at some point, I will reveal post-primary as far as some of the different details that took place in it. So so yes, it happened, and uh, but like I said in the statement, we weren't bought in D.C., we're not going to be bought now, and I'm not going to go up there and say something that isn't true, uh, which is that Mr. Budd is the best candidate in the Senate race. Wow, and why why not talk about the details pre-primary? Uh, why wait until after the primary? Because it's a distraction. We've got to focus. Right now, look, I'm not going to play any punches here because we are trailing in third place. But here's both the opportunity and the advantage for us. Over 80% know that President Trump has endorsed Ted Budd. He's polling around 30%. Over 80% know Pat is running for U.S. Senate. He's polling around 20%. We're trailing, but only 39% know that we're even running. Now, that's a big challenge, but as I said, it's a big advantage for us. And I think that's one of the reasons that they are still focused on trying to get us out of the race with 35 percent undecided.
1: So I have the, the actual statement here from the Bud campaign, and I want to read it for context. It says, we had zero outreach to Walker. What I heard was some folks friendly to him think he looks pitiful and we're trying to figure out a way for him to get out of the race while saving face and hopefully preserve political viability for 2024, unquote. That's pretty pointed. Mm hmm.
2: Well, it's pretty pointed, but why can't Mr. Bud come on a debate stage and actually say it? There was actually one scheduled tonight. Uh, for three weeks, they presented to the host that they would actually show up. Last minute, they said they didn't like WBTV. They wanted another television station. Uh, WSOC said, we'll run with it. And they still canceled it. The only stage that Mr. Bud is willing to walk out on is one where Donald Trump can protect him and somebody's written his
0: speech. He does
2: not have the courage, but
0: Again, this is not his decision. No, no. So apparently when you try to play the uh, emailed audio file, it just stops. That's good to know. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. We got the best parts there, I think. And I'll go back and pull the rest of it. We'll, we'll pick it up after the, uh, the break. Number one, why can't he reveal the details after the primary? That's a great follow-up question. The details that were offered, the details of the deal that was offered for him to drop out of the race and endorse Bud, he said he would provide the details after the primary. And he said he won't do so until after the primary because he doesn't want it to be a distraction. I don't know if that's a distraction, but I don't know what the details are, but I don't know if that's a distraction. I would say that's pretty material. I'd say it's pretty relevant. As a likely GOP primary voter myself, I would kind of like to know what was offered. If it was just, uh, you know, hey, you could run for Congress and, you know, Trump will give you an endorsement in 24. All right, that's not that that's what I would expect. Seriously, that's kind of what I would expect. And that's similar to what he kind of indicated in the statement. Now, if it was something like hey uh, drop out now and we'll give you you know an ambassadorship and uh, or a, a cabinet post or something to that effect if Trump were to run again and win maybe that's what he's holding fire for. I don't know. I think it would be pretty interesting, material relevant anyway. first thing. Second point why can't Ted Budd say these things for himself on a debate stage? okay first off, Campaigns speak for their candidates all the time. And so I don't have any problem with that. But to Walker's point about Bud not debating, that's a fair criticism. That is a fair criticism. And I was, I've been made aware of certain things that have been going on with some of the, you know, the debate over the debates, what they call it. And there just always seems to be a reason why Bud can't debate people. and, Maybe it's me, maybe it's the line of work I'm in, maybe it's my just general nature, my uh, my personality. I welcome debates. I'd like to have them. I was a political science minor, so <laughs> I like to have, and a philosophy minor. I, I like to engage in and ask people why they believe the things they believe and test the premises and test their arguments. Unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. You don't know your own position until you understand your opponents. How could you possibly know how to defend your arguments? This is what the primary is for. This is what it's for. It's to find out, are these people capable of taking the fight to the progressive candidate? And how they're going to behave when they get on a debate stage. We better find that out. Seriously, we better find out how these people perform. If they're going to go up onto a debate stage with Sherry Beasley. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete. This is the show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Hit me up on the Twitter machine, at Pete Callender, which is where Bakes, in NC29, uh, says Pete... Now it's a distraction. That's the intent. Talking about Mark Walker saying that he got offered deals to drop out of the, uh, the U.S. Senate race. Ted Budd's uh, the one who made the offer to him. And uh, they said and Walker claims that in exchange for dropping out, he would have been welcomed on the stage at the rally over the weekend and uh, would have been praised as a great conservative. And it would have protected his political prospects for twenty twenty four. But he says he won't say what the details of the deal, the offered deals were specifically uh, until after the primary because he said he didn't want it to be a distraction. And I would submit it already is, just like Bakes is saying it is a distraction. That's the intent. So is Walker playing a game here, right? Is he running uh, a tactic here to make this a distraction to undermine people's confidence in Ted Budd? Dave says, Pete, I have a problem with Trump endorsed candidates not showing up to primary candidate forums and debates. Ted Budd, as well as Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, Cawthorn blew one off last night up in um, Asheville area at the Ag Center. And he uh, was he had already said he would be there and then he didn't show. And then his campaign said it had something to do with his uh, his duties in Washington. But. Washington, they're not even the Congress is the house rather is they're all back in their districts for district work. So. Dave says it's like their poop doesn't stink. That's arrogance to me. All right. So Walker was asked about. uh, About the debates, because Walker and McQuarrie are calling out Bud constantly because Bud isn't debating. He's not showing up to debates and. Uh, They want him there. And look, part of this is if you are, there's a strategy here. If you're leading the race, then there's not a lot of benefit for you to go and get attacked by two or three people on the stage all at once. There's a lot of downside, right? So as long as you're on an upward trajectory, do do you really need to go debate? But if you're scrapping in second place, you want the debate because you're the underdog and you you the upside for you is much greater. So uh, Walker is talking about this this morning with uh, Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman on WBT. Isn't
2: this a little bit unheard of to have somebody not participate in a in, in a debate? I, I feel like this would be a, a political career killer in other times and other political moments in history. But now it doesn't seem to be problematic to voters that 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 he doesn't want to show up and face the people who who are running against him and actually answer questions that might interest voters. well. My question is, if you're running for the U.S. Senate, wouldn't you want to go tell people why? Exactly. Instead of hide behind these other components? Uh, and I do believe it is going to be a negative impact because there are three more debates that are scheduled. Uh, and the final one is statewide. Uh, I've said it before. Mr. Buds Handlers will never allow him to take foot on a debate stage because he has no record in Congress. And the contrast would be so glaring against his opponents that it would do him damage. And I think that's the driving force of why they will not allow him to participate in these debates.
0: So that is an interesting prediction because that's what that is. Walker is predicting that Ted Bud will never debate any of his opponents. Are you okay with that? Even if you like Ted Bud, even if you're a Bud supporter, are you okay with that? Are you okay with him never going out on the debate stage? Because he doesn't have to. He's because... He's going to win. So why bother? <music> News Talk 1110 ninety nine three WBT. The North Carolina Values Coalition put out an endorsement in the uh, Senate race in North Carolina. Um, They say each year the coalition works towards advancing public policies that protect and promote family values by educating voters about the best pro-family candidates for public office. They say they evaluate candidates using different factors. They have a questionnaire and interviews, public position statements. And uh, today they say uh, they're excited to announce they endorse Ted Budd for U.S. Senate. Ted Budd is an incredible leader on pro-life, pro-family issues. and We wholeheartedly endorse him for North Carolina's U.S. Senate race. The GOP primary is now a two-man race. And the choice is between a Republican who barely tolerates pro-life, pro-family evangelicals and Catholics in the conservative movement because he needs their votes. Really? That he barely tolerates? See, this, this is the kind of stuff... This is why I'm not, a, this is why I don't get involved in party politics like this. Is that necessary? Because what happens if for some reason Ted Butt isn't the nominee? I don't know why. Well, what if something happens and he doesn't win or, you know, God forbid something happens to him? I remember that race. Um, uh, Clay Aiken, remember Clay Aiken ran for Congress against Renee Elmers all those years ago and they made the, the, the reality show following him around. And he had lost that Democrat primary. But then the guy who won, he was a former state senator, I want to say. Well-respected guy, well-known, and he slipped and fell, hit his head, and died. And so Aiken became the nominee. Remember that? So, look, this is why I don't understand these kinds of scorched-earth tactics against your own candidate. I understand if there's... You know there's some legitimate reason you got some example you got some attack you want to level against them and it's rooted in truth but this really nc values coalition really who barely tolerates pro-life pro-family evangelicals and catholics pat mccrory barely tolerates catholics in the conservative movement i'm sorry was i is, is mccrory an anti-papist or something what did i miss that i've I feel like I've been following Pat McCrory for I don't know twenty plus years now, so I kind of feel like I've, I'm aware of his public positions on things. I'm not aware of the the the, the barely tolerating pro life, pro family evangelicals component. But hey, you know what? Feel free send me the uh, the research. Um, now they say, look, Bud attended seminary, believes in, and actively advocates for policies. That back the pro-life, pro-family, biblical worldview of Christians. Now, by the way, I think it's also interesting. Pat McCrory gave the Values Coalition what they wanted on the HB2 measure. He he did what they wanted to do. So, for all the good, but then it gets him criticized by Trump, who endorses Bud, and now Values Coalition goes after McCrory. This is what I mean. This is just. Meanwhile, you notice what they do. They did here. They didn't want to go after Walker. So what do they do? They just say, well, it's a two-man race now. Is it really, though? Is it really a two-man race? Because, look, Macquarie could keep cratering. What if Macquarie keeps cratering and Walker then becomes the second choice? Now it's a different two-man race, and you've already made an endorsement. Let me go over here to Todd. Hello, Todd. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. I'm doing pretty
3: good. How about you this afternoon?
0: I'm doing all right. What's up? What's going on?
3: Hey, listen, my friend, I've got three separate comments for you. And right. as a caveat, let me just tell you up front that Mark is a Mark Walker is a close personal friend of mine. He yeah. and I were in ministry together in the late 90s in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, on a pastoral staff. So I just say that as a caveat. I guess I am a little slighted. But number one.
0: I appreciate you putting that out there up front for full transparency, though. That's good. That's uh, important. Full disclosure, that's yeah, yeah.
3: roll here at WBT, right? Yeah, right. Well, I would say number one, if anybody's approaching Mark to try to get him to bow out of the race, I get it. He's in third place in all these polls, but that kind of tells me that someone is scared if he's going to stay in this race. If they're not scared of him, why why would you approach him to get him to bow out?
0: That's what Thought I mean. Number two is yeah. I'm sorry. Well, uh, just just to, uh, I'll just comment real quick on that. Is that he's a, yeah. Bud is Bud is polling at plus thirty. He's over thirty percent. So. That's all he needs in order to avoid a runoff. So to your point, yeah, why why would you be worried if the rest of the vote gets split? You just need 30.
3: Yeah, if your guy's doing so good, why get him to bow out? Yeah. And I would say this, number two, the, the Bud campaign, I really believe the Bud campaign when they say we didn't reach out to Mark Walker and his campaign. I believe them. I really do. Mm-hmm. But let's also understand that there's a lot of dark money in this campaign, a lot of money out of D.C., and remember who he was with in Selma uh, over the weekend. He was on the stage with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I voted for Trump, but I wouldn't put it past Trump's people to approach Mark. I wouldn't put it past some of these these people who are uh, pumping the dark money in to approach Mark to get him to back out.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't put I have it past not
3: spoken to Mark personally about it. I can't tell you that that's what happened, but that would not surprise me a bit.
0: It would not surprise thought, me if Ted Bud approached Mark Walker. These guys are they were former colleagues. They have each other's cell what? phones. Yeah, Bud you could mean have called him. Ted it. Bud would be lying about it right now. Wait, well, right, I don't want because I don't know. I don't I, I don't Dude. know what Well, no, notice the the campaign said we had zero outreach to Walker. Sure. So what does that mean? Are they talking about we like the campaign, the right. advisors? And maybe they didn't even know. That's possible.
3: Nope. I would, third thought is this, and I'll close out with this. Ted Budd not showing up on a debate stage with Pat McCrory and Mark Walker, that's B.S., Mm. I don't care if you are leading by thirty points, if you're or leading by twenty points, or whatever. Yeah. If you're leading, get out there, tell the American people, or tell the people of North Carolina why you're running. Give me—I get it. You're leading. You got thirty percent, but that thirty percent of people who do not know who they're voting for, give them a reason to vote for you. Don't pull a Joe Biden and hide out in your closet for the rest of the campaign and just try to wait this thing out.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, because. It makes me wonder what you see the purpose of the campaign as. Is the purpose of the campaign to beat these two people, or is the purpose of the campaign to win my vote?
3: Thank you. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right, Pete. I enjoy listening to you. I, I, I'll be again upfront and honest here. I, I wasn't uh, wasn't excited when you came on the radio a couple months <laughs> back,
0: but you're growing on me. All right, I am like a fungus, like that. Well, I appreciate you I those exact words <laughs> I appreciate it Todd thanks so much for the kind words I, I, thanks for and, and uh, for your insight appreciate it thanks buddy Take All care. Right. yeah so no I do I have a. I'm, I am a very uh I'm a fun guy like that yeah I kind of or an itch something like that look I understand this time slot is only one person's time slot in my view it always was. It's the only time slot that was never in doubt. Any any radio station I would ever listen to, I'd ever work at, they, this was Limbaugh's slot. I'm not Rush Limbaugh. I can't be. There's only one of them. But I, I mean, I am eternally grateful to him because if not for him, I wouldn't be doing this. It's the, the whole AM industry, talk radio is what it is because of him. I never would have been able to get a job in news doing what I did because AM wouldn't have been around. And then I wouldn't have been able to be a host because of him. So, but I understand there was a lot. Yeah. I was hurt too. When, when he passed away, it it hurt as well. And, uh, and it really, really stinks, but hopefully, uh, hopefully I can, uh, like with Todd, I can grow on you as well or not. If that's weird, it's fine. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Let me hang on a second. Can I read this on air? Question mark. Send. All right, we'll see what he says. And if he says yes, then I'll read it on air. If not, I will not. That's how that goes. Full disclosure. Um, Which I appreciate Todd's comments there, and I appreciate him saying that on the front end, that, um, that he knows... Mark Walker personally, but honestly, what I, I thought his assessment of the situation did not reflect a pro-Walker bias necessarily. I'm sure he has one. He's his friend. He knows it. I'm sure he's got a bias towards Mark Walker. He said as much, but his his insight doesn't reflect that bias, I don't think. I, th- I thought those were fair points. Um, and I think it's fair for voters to get a chance to see how these guys perform against opponents on a debate stage. I think it's important to do that. Look, I've talked for years about this, how Democrats got, they got lazy. Um, they ran so many races in so many places that they didn't have opponents. And and even now, they don't get the kind of, uh, of probing that, Republicans get from a lot of media outlets. They get to come out and say, it's the don't say gay bill. And the media is like, oh, don't say gay. How do you spell that? Is that, are those all caps? uh, Right. They just transcribe it. They never push back on these narratives, uh, these, these premises upon which these false arguments are constructed. They never do that or rarely do that. They're held to a lower standard. This is what George W. Bush used to call the, soft bigotry of low expectations, right? And so when you don't work out that muscle, it gets a little flabby. You you don't remember how to make the arguments. It's like anything else, practice practice practice, right? You got to you got to keep making these arguments and so if you're going to dodge the stage against McCrory and Walker and like generally speaking, you guys all agree on the big stuff. You tend to all agree on the big stuff. So you better know the issues because the little things matter. Look, I used to watch uh, the Apprentice, Celebrity Apprentice uh, with Donald Trump show. My wife and I we, we enjoyed the show. We liked watching the show and then he ran for president. And so like we we had a pretty good sense of of how he would talk and his mannerisms cuz we had been watching his show for so many years. And then we tried to watch it with Arnold Schwarzenegger and it was not It just wasn't the same, and it was too cheesy. Trump had, I mean, Trump did a good job of, you know, selling the role that he was playing as the business guy, whereas Schwarzenegger, they tried to do the thing with, uh, like, uh, go to the chopper, and that was, like, when he he fired you. You're fired, and and, then go to the chopper. All right, whatever. You're trying to make it work, and it just didn't work. But it was one of the things that he said to one of the teams when they said, okay, I got to fire somebody on your team. Tell me, you know, who, who didn't perform. And, and the team leader kept saying, everybody did great. Everybody did great. And he's like, I know everybody did great. Look, when I was a bodybuilder, everybody looks great. Everybody gets on that stage and everybody is ripped, right? Everybody's got muscles. And so now you're starting to make these judgments, these assessments based on tiny little differences. Yes, you're going that deep. You're trying to carve out what's your nuanced position. What is this tiny technicality? those, Those things become more important because you do agree on all of the other stuff. Everybody's got the muscles. That's why you need to be on the stage. I need to see if you're going to be able to hold your own against somebody coming after you in a debate. What's going to happen when Sherry Beasley comes after you for getting an endorsement from Trump? What's going to happen when Sherry Beasley comes after you for the stories about the the farm stuff and the was it? I forget. I I forget the details about it now. Right. The but but he like was it? uh, What were the ads? He chose China over farmers. Whatever it is. What happens when those attacks come from the left? Right now you're not getting any of that fire. It's going to come. What's your response? How do you handle a direct assault like that on a debate stage? I'm not going to know. So you're asking me to now just back you with the assumption that you're going to be fine. Because I kind of know what I get with McCrory. I've seen him debate. I've watched him for years. Mark Walker, seen him debate. He's, he and McCrory, they've been showing up. So I can see them debate. They're both, they're both fine. No concerns. I don't know that about Ted Budd. Is that fair to ask me as a primary voter to support you just because, just based on Trump's endorsement because I got I got a news flash for you. Not enough. I I have never I have never based my vote on an endorsement from somebody else ever. Especially Donald Trump. Because I know that his picks sometimes aren't even really his picks. They're somebody else's picks. And I know this. So I don't just take his endorsement and say, OK, then I'll follow along in lockstep. Now, maybe that's just my personality. I'm kind of a contrarian like that. But I'm not going to I'm not going to fall in line. And if you need a case in point, Madison Cawthorn, he was not Trump's pick. I know who's picky. I know who's picked Linda Bennett was his opponent that he beat, that Madison Cawthorn beat in that runoff, and that's who picked Ted Budd. It's Mark Meadows. Meadows was the one that tried to line those up and got Trump to do the endorsements. So no, I'd like to see him on the stage. <laughs>